This is the children's television programming episode where we yeah. talk about yeah. all the cartoons. Just all of them. We did a little bit of that with uh, with Connor talking about the Jendi Tartakovsky show. Oh, we talk, yeah. We talked a little Samurai Jack, a little Courage mm, Cowardly Dog. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. I was going to mention Samurai Jack when we were talking about, like, actual good kid shows or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mo- most of Jendi Tarkovsky's stuff is pretty. Yeah. Falls yeah. in line with that. And here's the thing it's like, Tarkovsky's Clone Wars was very, like, very much his style. It was like, it either, it either came out, like, right around the same time as or, like, a little before Samurai Jack. Okay. Um,. And, I think it was the same time. Yeah, and and it was just like going back and watching it. I watched it with Brian, uh, a few months before I moved, and it was just like, yeah, that this is, this is the same guy that did Samurai Jack. But like, um, I thought that that was the better one, and it turns out like, the newer Clone Wars show is also quite good. Uh, uh I still like Andy Tarkovsky. <laughs> here's the thing. I've yeah, I've never liked the. The new one I think is fine. Like, is it? Is I the guess newer it, one like 3D animation, and the other one's like more 2D. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, because his his way of doing action I feel like would lend itself very well to like a Star Wars thing. Because Bec- it it does because since Star Wars like takes its roots from like old samurai and old western yeah uh, like movies, and that's like Jendi Tarkovsky's animation style when he does like action styles, it's very that's what he similar knows. themes. So like he is kind of the perfect dude to yeah to kind of cover that yeah and, and bring it back to its roots. And to be fair, like okay, you're you're kind of you're bringing me around on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> But no, it's like there. There's like an essential watching like episode list for the CG Clone Wars, and it's like don't like look at that if you want to watch Clone Wars. Like use that list because there is right. a lot of fluff in it. That's and that's my issue with it because you're not the first person I've seen or I've heard say that. Yeah. And like I watched, I would I just like watched the show as it was coming out, mm-hmm. and to me it was just like. It was like where I and I can't like name specific ones now, but I'm like, I do remember there being like specific episodes where I was like, wow, that was that was really good. That yeah. was a really good episode. That was really str- like, wow, like compared to the rest of it. But like, if you have to justify that your show is good by saying, here's a specific <laughs> list of episodes that you should watch because yeah. the rest of it is bullshit, that doesn't make this show like a great show to me. I'm like, I don't want to sit through like. 10 episodes of bullshit to get to like two episodes that are really good you know yeah. it's just like just just make the whole thing good that makes yeah. me think of like to a lesser extent that makes me think of like the x-files how it's like there'll be yeah. like two or three really strong episodes about aliens and abduction and the government conspiracy yeah and then the next episode Mulder has to like find sasquatch's dick or something and it's like <laughs> yeah it's like all right well i'm complete i'm out now i'm out yeah, but I mean, some of those Monster of the Week episodes of X Files are actually really good. So it's not it's not a like one to one comparison because some of the mythology or like the Monster of the Week episodes are uh, you know some of my favorites. Right. Yeah. yeah, and it's not that the you know your average Clone Wars episode is just complete dog shit. But it's like when you're talking about like you know what really it can be. good TV, you know what it can be, yeah. and you're like, I want yeah. that. Give me more of that. Mm-hmm. And some like you know if you if you got a kid and stuff and they like Star Wars, yeah. Hell yeah, we haven't watched Clone Wars, but like if you're, uh, if we're if we're talking about these prestige like children's animated shows, <laughs> like no, 
the Jendi Tarkovsky I, one though. I think is, it does is stack up more to like yeah the standard that we're trying to meet with that. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, and it's short too. Like it's it's True. like twenty or thirty episodes, and they're like five minutes a piece. It's like pfft. yeah, it's another one. We should just throw that one in the cup too. That's like another one you can get done in. The span. Yeah, I I think the first season is like forty minutes or something like that. Yeah, and they <laughs> oh, do it's a like lot. Short. Yeah, yeah, they're like. God, there's like, and there's so many like moments from that show that I that are just like, I can recall like instantly, like the Mace Windu episode, yeah, where it's like completely dialogueless, and he like goes up against that army of droids, or uh, that that's the that's the thing that made me fall in love with Kit Fisto. Kit Fisto is like my my favorite like non main Jedi character because he has like that sweet episode like the underwater lightsaber um, and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, the episode where, like, Anakin is just, like, chasing after Grievous, I'm like, oh, like, that episode was like, oh, wait a minute, this is why I should, like, give a shit about Grievous being scary, because, mm-hmm. like, he is just, like, vicious in, in, in that show. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, and then, okay. And then you have, like, it also introduced, like, Asajj Ventress and, um dirge that bounty hunter like two really cool like side characters came out of that show Mm -hmm. and like ventress is in the cg one and she's still cool she has a lot to do but Mm -hmm. yeah i think and i think it's just because of the the style of it but i just i think like all all of the characters are just handled a lot better in in the the 2d yeah because it's like no fluff it it it's just like cool there's only room for the good stuff yeah, yeah. Um, Speaking kinda. of adult yeah. children's prestige shows, yeah. uh, oh, you mean our show? There will be duds. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's us. Critically acclaimed. Uh, <laughs> um, we're being well, bankrolled by Pendleton Ward. Wait. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, well, welcome back to. There will be duds. This is episode seventy-three, and I am your co-host, TJ, aka J Spot Jack Cheese, and with me as always, as always, I am Nick, aka Doctor Funk on Twitch, and with us today is, um, as always, and for the first time in forever, uh, I am Evan, aka Vantox nine thousand one on Twitch. I guess I'll see you in twenty years when I actually stream again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thanks for joining us today, Evan. Yes, thank you. Uh, and uh, this week, as always, we watched well, a air quotes movie. Well, it's, just to keep in line, it's, we it's, watched a movie. It's on Letterboxd as a movie. Yeah. Oh, okay, it's it's got a cohesive enough narrative to be. I'm, su- I'm surprised there isn't like a cut of it as like a film, just like all together without the credits and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, anyways, that movie is uh, Over the Garden Wall from 2014, directed, or uh, I'll just put, created by Patrick McHale. Multiple directors. Yeah. It follows brothers Wirt and Greg as they uh, venture into the unknown, a sort of fantasy world, kind of medieval, with a, a very harvest uh, autumnal vibe. As they are stalked by the beast, um, a just creature of pure evil and hatred. And basically they are trying to return home and they don't even know how they ended up in the unknown. 
and they meet a bunch of a cast of colorful <laughs> but not because everything is beige and brown in this show <laughs> um but a cast of colorful characters along the way for, i guess for those who don't know it isn't wasn't actually a movie it's a it's a 10 episode miniseries of uh 10 minute episode so it's a roughly the length of like a it's like roughly like an hour or 50 hour or like two hours so yeah yeah plus i i um, did watch the tome of the unknown i don't know if you guys watched that last night i did too yeah Th- that's why i shared it because i was hoping we'd all yeah like watch that so we could kind of yeah. reference that too yeah um yeah tome of the unknown is the original short film that i guess patrick McHale made to kind of get over the garden while greenlit uh, yeah so uh yeah and and it's funny because it it was interesting that you know off mic we were kind of talking about all those other cartoon network shows like adventure time and like mm-hmm. chowder and gumball and all those because patrick McHale, i'm pretty sure the, one of the only reasons that over the garden wall took so long to get made was that he got hired as like a creative director for adventure time oh and okay. i think he also worked on chowder as well so like yeah. he had he had his hands in a lot of pies and then i think over the garden wall was that kind would, of his passion project that would make sense if that's the case because he oh no uh flapjack flapjack he, was it flapjack. okay yeah. sweet i was gonna say though like both flapjack and chowder kind of have a greg like vibe to them yeah like, i would say they're, so. they're 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 like yeah the, the sense of humor is yeah, very yeah. much intact <laughs> they're just like if whimsy yeah. was a character you know yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 um but yeah i think also if i recall correctly it's kind of a miracle that over the garden wall came out at all right it was really? like yeah I, I seem to recall i definitely could have read up on this um but i seem to recall there was like some kind of turmoil like there always is in like the animation industry where oh, okay. just like there there was just like a writing standstill it wasn't the writer's strike i don't think at that point in time okay but no it, no not that i don't think it, yeah it just kind of like came out within it without any fanfare over the course of a week one year mm. in 2014 yeah. it just kind of dropped and everyone was just like wait a minute what is this this is awesome yeah hmm. Uh, yeah, I, f- I feel like this show definitely benefits from the advent of streaming because there's mm-hmm. every year there are tons of people that I know that it's like, all right, this is like added to their rotation of like stuff they watch every like Halloween slash yeah. like autumnal season. And like, you know, we did it last year too. We we made, we had a day where we just like made mulled wine and had it on the, uh, on the stovetop for like six hours and then yeah, marathon like, the whole thing you know mm-hmm. it becomes it, it's it's become a tradition for i think a lot of people and yeah you know when it initially dropped i i i hadn't heard of it i don't remember hearing anything about it in 2014 you know other than maybe a few people that were like you know people that got in on the ground floor and were like oh yeah. shit mm-hmm. you guys should be watching this yeah, yeah. you know yeah i think connor like, yeah yeah it's, <laughs> yeah right. it's, it's wild because like i i did watch it in 2014 like the week it was coming out okay um, and i actually hadn't watched it since oh really I just, oh wow yeah, i i watched it and it's like i remembered a decent amount of it but it just like yeah i it just like was something that i just was like okay that's good and i'll come back to it whenever i feel like it and i just you know didn't get around to it until did uh did some stuff night. hit different hit a little bit different than it did maybe in 2014 watching this 
Uh, I definitely, I noticed that, like, yeah, the, the jokes seem about ten years old, you know, which is oh, okay. fine. But, um, yeah, it, overall it was like, okay, I'm, I'm a little more, like, developed now. I'm, I'm able to, like, actually pick up on themes. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. I guess something that <laughs> I, I noticed about, like, I guess hitting differently this time is, like, the way that, that Wirt treats Greg is like I'm like oh that's that's me and Isaiah yeah <laughs> like, well yeah because I, I was, used to be like very dismissive and like mm-hmm. you know kind I was, of a dick to him Greg's like I you want to see me cut this pickle in half with a machete <laughs> <laughs> and and Worth's like nah but like out of the corner of eye he's like that's pretty cool yeah but yeah but if you <laughs> wanted to I I you should do it anyway mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't so, sure how we wanted to structure this one just because there are like ten individual episodes. Like I don't know if we wanted to kinda hit on each episode guess, a little bit or just kinda hit it overall or just like remember I'm, certain parts. I'm kinda thinking I, I don't know, because like when you because it is like in a weird like in between of being like a show format and being a a movie format because it is if you look at the the main the main thing of them trying to escape and then the beast mm-hmm. that's like that's structured the same way that it kind of would be in a movie and mm-hmm. then you have like scenes of them doing other stuff yeah but then like there's also like the episode by episode like conflict re- conflict resolution yeah so it's almost more like a you know what it it kind of reminds me of structure wise is like Monty Python and the Holy Grail because you have their overall quest of trying to get to the grail mm-hmm. but then you have their little their Monty Python sketches so it takes a break from the main story to do like oh how do we know if this girl is a witch or let's, yeah, let's there's like kind hang of out with these peasants yeah. talking about uh, democracy for a few minutes so it's <laughs> kind of like these little like mini conflict resolution thingies okay. uh, so I don't know I'm I'm thinking of it in my head as as a movie so i don't know you know we can okay. we can jump around i guess and, and if especially I, I think with the with the thing of the beast the main plot beings peppered in we we probably would kind of just naturally sort of jump around a little bit with that yeah so. yeah and and like even like the the whole like conceit of it where it's like they they if i can just jump right into like yeah <laughs> the last little bit of plot there um just like the, the whole conceit of them like falling over the other side of the garden wall and like avoiding getting hit by the train or maybe they do and that's like they're they're like drowning in the pond right or they're drowning in the river and yeah you know, yeah or whatever the, the whole thing is like yeah one thing I noticed is like what hit different for me actually is this like the symbolism of the whole thing which is like kind of rote at this point but I don't know going back and actually watching it is like everything is whatever whatever it symbolizes like the beast is at least on my reading of it is like death and like the unknown is like their purgatory or like you know yeah they're in i guess warts unconscious but like they're in because like greg is there too as like a conscious being right yeah so i don't know i just like (laughs) while they're kind of fighting for their lives and like every like the the episodical like conflict conflict resolution is like still a distraction from the actual danger which is the beast which is are these kids gonna drown right yeah right well i mean i would say that with each each of those uh episodes there is that lingering 
darkness like on the edges i would say like you oh, know yeah. either before or after the episode there's like there's always kind of like a little cutaway and it's like you see the woodsman conferring with the beast and being like you know mm-hmm. what you have to do you know how this works kind mm-hmm. of like you know give it yeah. a little a little push along i do like i do like that you can you can kind of see the beast as multiple interpretations like yeah you can see the beast as like you know looming death they're in purgatory but yeah. I, I also kind of read it as like the beast was for Wirt specifically, like kind of a a, a wake up call to like you know change his attitudes and and like kind of you know maybe have a little bit of confidence because that's also like his whole deal is that he's like very very self conscious, very mm-hmm. nervous, very anxiety ridden, like can't really talk mm-hmm. to anybody, even people that like are overtly being like no come hang out with us and he's standing outside the house parties like i wasn't invited and they're like oh yeah. i was wondering if you were going to show up like everyone likes yeah. him except for him and it's like yeah the beast sort of represents that too yeah, so he it's shows like, up yeah, this, yeah yeah he shows up and everybody is just like oh hey work like yeah yeah, hey, yeah. and i and I, I love the like the sort of misdirect when there's like the scene near the end when they're uh, at the football game and you see like that kind of hunky jockey dude like talking to Sarah and you're like oh okay that's Jason Funderburger <laughs> yeah, and you're Jason like that, that that's why Wirt's worried yeah. and then you meet the actual Jason <laughs> Funderburger and he's just this weaselly like oh I'm hey, Jason yeah. <laughs> you're like oh that's the guy he's worried about yeah <laughs> yeah yeah oh, that's such a good gag mm-hmm. there's uh the like speaking of like like what is it da, da, da. this show does do the thing that a lot of a lot of stories that do like the oh it was just a dream thing where at the very end they're like but was it because you see I think it's when they're in the hospital and like the music is swelling but you can hear it you can hear uh, 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 Greg is like he's like dancing with Fra- you know Wart Jr. slash Benjamin Franklin slash Jason Funderburger. Yeah. Um, and you can hear the bell ringing. You can from see the it too. You can with... see his belly glow. Oh, you can see it too. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, then also, and then also, Greg, the last shot of the entire show, he puts the the rock back in the place, which he real lights, which like he realized during their time in the unknown. He's like, oh, that was a bad thing. I stole this from Mrs. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. And. I think you know that kind of also infers that like he that that was Greg's growth is like maybe I shouldn't steal rocks. I'm a stealer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, We're here to burgle your turts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the and then like in the intro there there's like it, it's just like a nice little end cap too because like in the intro it like cuts through those like five or six little vignettes of like the circus and like the lady mm-hmm. placing the dolls of like the highwayman and the people in the tavern on yeah, the show yeah, yeah. um and i just thought that was really interesting too because it's like cool so this definitely is like this definitely is like an invention of ward's mind right um, right because it's like the like i don't know i i saw like all like the wooden figures on the shelf it's like oh these are all characters and then when he meets them in the tavern they are still all those characters like they go by i'm like i'm the cobbler i'm the tailor like i yeah. am this I'm, right I'm they don't just, have names yeah i'm a role there. i'm not a person <laughs> i got a good laugh out of that when everyone's kind of explaining the thing and the guy and the guy just from the other side of the room is like i'm the highway man and everyone's like 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, cool, dude. And then, <laughs> and then he's like, no, I'm going to sing a song now. And then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I will say, like, I, the music throughout is, like, a, a big standout for me. Like, especially, yeah. you really know, solid. doing that like turn of the century kind of like mm-hmm. early 1920s like americana stuff mm-hmm. it's i, I ugh, i'm trying to, i'm trying to think of my favorite one but I, I really enjoy i think it is that scene in that uh in the tavern the when he's like oh you're the, the lover and then he kind of does the how did it almost reminds me of the yeah. uh uh, Leland Palmer in Twin Peaks doing the and the dozy 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 yeah because yeah. like that's kind of like the cadence of that song yeah yeah that, that and like I don't know I I've not seen Twin Peaks it's on the oh, list you're good. but um <laughs> in in kind of a similar vein like you know Greg's Adelaide Parade song yeah oh that's a good yeah. one too the, um, the yeah. marching band aesthetic I really like in this show I, yeah. yeah I really like the is that the oh no Adelaide Parade that's that one I was gonna say like I like the one um, that they play on the boat that the frog sings oh like where he he says over the garden yeah the the titular over the garden wall yeah yeah Yeah. Um, and then the I mean into the unknown too like that might be that's like the the cliche answer but it's just so good it just goes yeah is that that's like the main title theme yeah yeah no, I mean that. I mean it hits. It hits so hard. Like at, at the end of the series, when they like mm-hmm. actually do the song with lyrics, I like. Yeah. I get a lump in my throat. Thing and it just it's mm-hmm. it just so perfectly encapsulates everything. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think that's what like going into like the music and and that kind of stuff. Like that is like comedy is good. Story's good. What I like the best thing about this show is like the aesthetics i think like aesthetics it is like it is absolutely perfect like just the vibe Mm -hmm. of like that's why like you said like everybody watches it during fall because it's like it's one of those it's like a nightmare before christmas it's like it just fucking nails top to bottom aesthetically yeah like this harvest autumnal vibe there's pumpkin people there's that's, like i think that's the know. standout episode for me is is that episode with the pumpkin people and that's one of my favorites yeah yeah um and like these little like mini there's like this the spooky element of it there's some like really fucking creepy imagery in this show the one frame of the beast like, you get to beast? see <laughs> yeah that Ugh. or like the the dog in the in the first episode yeah. the you have beautiful eyes yeah. <laughs> um but yeah it's it's like visually the color tone like i said before like everything's like it's like brown and it's like really muted but it's like it it looks so pretty in this yeah because it fits so well and the music and just fucking everything is like absolutely perfect i have i have no issues with like that like that aspect of the show at all yeah, yeah, and then like, it twisted on you, and be, like at the in like the ninth episode, and it's like, oh yeah, but th- it's actually they're from like the present day, and it's like, and it's oh. not like <laughs> oh. in like normal world, and you're like, yeah, oh okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess it makes sense because like their humor is definitely like if we're if we're going based off of like turn of the century, like in the nineteen twenties, their humor is like way out of the ordinary. It's like obviously they're not going to release a modern yeah. show with like jokes in 
you know 1920s (laughs) humors but yeah yeah um it's just like yeah it's it's a great way to kind of frame that i think Mm -hmm. um and and yeah the the use of the color it's like i guess almost kind of the opposite of like a wizard of oz kind of thing right yeah it's like while they're while they're in the fantasy land they're like using the sepia tones uh yeah to like convey the like the the aesthetic and like the feel of this world that they're in Mm -hmm. Um, and i don't know around that time there was a lot of uh there was a lot of discourse about at least in like video games and movies everything was like all the landscaping was just like sepia tone it was just like all muted and brown and it's like yeah this is fine this used it perfectly this like used it as intended Mm -hmm. i think yeah well so like i was looking it up and uh they they designed the backgrounds to look like uh grisal paintings which are there it's a painting style uh executed entirely in shades of gray or another natural grayish color Mm. and it it is Mm. another one of those turn of the century uh art styles so yeah, that, that I came oh, okay. back around. Okay. Well, actually, maybe it's not. Uh, oh. I don't know when it started. This is a uh, Wikipedia. Wow, where we do where we do our where we What's... do our research in the in the middle of the episode. Yeah, <laughs> but it's but but I guess I guess the overall point I'm trying to make is that uh, this it, this was at least intentional to fit in with like that theme of those pastoral yeah. times. I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. The only other Twin Peaks uh, invocation I'm going to make, it's, I don't know, he wasn't really in Twin Peaks, uh, yeah, I know but he's a, he's a lynch guy, uh, yeah. is the voice of Enoch, the giant mm-hmm. pumpkin. Yeah. Uh, he was voiced by Chris Isaac, oh, children. who yeah. some of, I think he, I think he might've been in Blue Velvet, but his music is yeah, featured is. in a lot of lynch stuff. I'm thinking mm-hmm. particularly the scene in wild at heart when nicholas cage and laura dern are like driving down the highway because like chris isaac mm-hmm. does a lot of that like his style is almost like elvis-esque mm-hmm. well he sings the song yeah. in that episode too yeah yeah i mean obviously he, they he like done like, stuff to his voice to make it sound like as deep as enoch yeah like <laughs> well no i mean he has a pretty yeah like he has a like deepish like crooner voice for mm-hmm. sure but yeah, they like and they like add like an echo to their to all the pumpkins voice, like a slight echo, yeah. like hollow sound because they're like the skeletons inside the pumpkins. So there's like a little distance between like yeah what they're saying and like what's actually getting out and stuff. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. he was yeah, in Firewalk with great. me, so he he was in. Yeah, I think he played one of the detectives. But he, yeah, yeah, he's the he's the one who's like he's like the main dude for like the first chunk and then there's a part where like they go to the trailer park and he dis like in shot just like disappears and then that's right you never see him again <laughs> yeah it was him and uh who's the other lead what's that well i don't think he's like the lead but david bowie he's like his partner i think but he's only in like one scene yeah yeah yeah, it's like, yeah. i'm not gonna talk about judy <laughs> 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 Yeah, um, we sound like we sound like insane people if you haven't seen Twin Peaks or Firewalk <laughs> with me. Yeah, this is this is great. <laughs> yeah. He's in. That's right. He's in a uh, Silence of the Lambs too. He's one of the like SWAT dudes. He just has is like he? a bit role. That's yeah, so he's just funny. A dude that he's who just was like, like, I think he came up as like a 
musician. I think that's what he's like primarily like known as. But then he was just like in shit. Like he had his own show in yeah. like the mid nineties that was just like a weirdo like sketch show. He's like a really has a really interesting like sense of humor and stuff for just you know like a romantic like the dude that did you know wicked love or wicked game or whatever yeah the more i'm learning about this dude the more i like him (laughs) yeah 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 i'm always in him because kalia loves him she he's she loves his music and his like yeah Yeah. Yeah, i was listening to like one of his albums last night while we were making dinner just like yeah it's good he's he's a good like kind of throwback like rock and roll old kind of yeah that that you know like i said like elvis very very elvis vibes but also his own thing or whatever yeah yeah uh speaking of the voice cast though um yeah i love a lot of good guests yeah i love that it's actually kind of stacked for what it is speaking of monty python i referenced Mm -hmm. that i I didn't even think of john cleese being uh two Uh, different characters in this two different i know adelaide but who else he's uh quincy endicott yep yeah, that's yeah. The, the the more obvious choice. <laughs> yeah, um, but I mean, maybe not. But also, Tim Curry is Anti Whispers. Yeah, and, that and was one that I had to look up because I was like, because it sounds he, so he does so he does a good him. affectation to like make it not obvious that it's Tim Curry. Yeah, I I don't I do know he did have a stroke. He did. And I wonder yeah. if this was after that too. Um because that might have also affected his voice mm. but also he is a very good character actor and he you know it very well yeah could I, be. I think i think it was a it was creative bef- decision was i don't think it was like yeah a limitation of his stroke it might not have been it it was it was after the stroke yeah though. no yeah because yeah. i mean he's yeah. done voice roles since then and he sounds like very vital I mean, yeah different yeah. obviously but like um do the the anti-whispers character <sighs> the whole uh yeah what, what is what is that girl's name too uh i should oh, know so uh, yeah, uh, much. lorna 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 yeah, yeah that that episode because i feel oh. like okay it starts out it starts out there's like kind of this <laughs> to quote to quote bruce springsteen there's kind of this darkness on the edge of town okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's it's pretty light it's pretty light with like a little bit of this beast stuff, you know, kind of yeah. in there. And then I feel like once you hit the Lorna episode, the anti whispers episode, you're like dovetailing into like darkness. Cause like yeah. when, when they're locked in the room with Lorna yeah. and anti whispers is like, she's going to eat you. And they're like, what? And then like <laughs> she does yeah. that. It's, it's like that thing in, in oh. horror where like you're barely visible and then you just come into frame, but she does that. And yeah. you're like, it's freaky. She looks yeah. freaky. Yeah. 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 It's very unsettling. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Well, like I mean, that's the shit that I could see, like traumatizing kids. who yeah. watch yeah. This, like. uh, yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's a thing in like, cause I know this isn't like a horror show, but the horror that it does do is like also flawless actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, that's, that's, you know, uh, like in literature, they're like the Gothic tropes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and as, yeah, as you said, just the it being barely visible, because um, it's like it's it is scarier to like kind of not know, like exactly what the creature is. Yeah. Because um, yeah, just like the the fear of the unknown is is 
Oh yeah. Uh, it, like in a way more more like palpable than the fear of the known because it's like, oh, I know that dude's gonna shoot me, right? That's right. Like, but what's lurking around that corner? What's you know? Yeah. And like yeah. the way that you know, going back to like the first episode with like that dog too, the way that like they do the eyes, like yeah. the way that you can just see like yeah. the beasts, the beasts like two little glowing white eyes and like barely mm-hmm. make his frame out. Yeah. You know, it's well, like you don't know what he looks like. The the dog's like eyes with like the like the red and like the green and the yellow. Um, uh, yeah. They do the same thing with the beast's eyes in the finale, don't they? I think they yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. They do. Which which is interesting because it's like oh maybe it was kind of like part of that right yeah I was so I don't know if you guys thought of Studio Ghibli at all throughout this but there were a couple hmm. moments where I thought of mostly I think it was either Princess Mononoke or Spirited Away and with Princess Mononoke it was the part in that first episode when like the dog spits up that turtle and then returns to normal oh like the the um, iron ball. Yeah, that's what I thought of that. Oh yeah. And then Auntie yeah. Whispers is like, oh, it's an old woman with a huge face and then little arms Yubaba. and legs. You Baba looking yeah. ass, yeah. 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 So I wasn't sure if those were intentional, but like I definitely this is almost like I don't know, it's it's not as it's whimsical in a different way than like Studio Ghibli movies are. But uh, I got those vibes from those two characters. Yeah, and I mean just like the whole like two children in a fantasy land it's like okay cool this is also like hearkening yeah. to Totoro yeah yeah, yeah true yeah, I could see that being yeah. an influence yeah like obviously there are not one to one parallels but right but yeah I I think it just like just like the attention to detail in in this whole like front to back um, even in like little things like little like little easter eggs um, like in the episode intro there is a uh, th- there's like the train whistle, like at the end of the like the opening song. In the is in which there? episode? Like in every episode, like when the title card is up oh. and it like and it like shows like the the title of the episode. After the song is done, there's like a faint train whistle. What? Yeah. Hold yeah, on. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to go back to that. Yeah. Um. There, there are a couple. There are a couple that it's not like that it's not in because i went back and like listened last night and um hmm. it's like episode six i think it's not in and i, I might be just like reading an arg onto this whole show but like maybe not oh. <laughs> you know but um, i don't know just like the attention to detail and like the commitment oh, yeah. to the aesthetic is just like yeah it's it's just so good man <laughs> it it has a uh the i I meant to mention this when I was talking about like the aesthetics, but um, there's this point-and-click puzzle game series that I I really like called uh, it's like Cube Escape or Rusty Lake. I think Rusty Lake is what like the the series is called. Mm-hmm. But um, it's all these like point-and-click puzzle games, and I I sent a picture in like the, the oh video God. chat thingy. That's like that's like the unnamed oh Jesus. um like evil presence who just like you'll be like doing the game and then he'll just like pop up randomly and there is like a meta story going throughout the whole like series Mm -hmm. um but the whole series has that like kind of similar vibe it's very like drab tones there's some like animal people uh everything's kind of like 
kind of in shambles. Nothing's like quite right. And then there's that guy who is very much similar to the beast. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm like, I'm like, I wonder if that's like, that's, I think that probably plays into why I enjoy that series so much is cause it, it has like similar like aesthetics to something like over the garden wall, which is very, uh, the the game series is very unsettling. Yeah. Because yeah. because of stuff like that. But when, when did it come? You out? know, at the same time, um, I'm not sure. It's been around for a few years. Jeez. Okay. It says the eighth game in the series was released <laughs> in 2016. I just oh. I'm like on like a random one. So huh. it might be before it. I don't yeah. know. A while. Okay. Yeah. What is it with like humanoid heads? with deer antlers because again you can go to uh princess mononoke the with uh, the spirit the, the forest spirit yeah uh but yeah. this guy this guy reminds me of uh like the hallucination that will graham sees in hannibal oh yeah yeah that like, too yeah in the in the show hannibal which you should watch the first yeah. two seasons at least yeah. he's he kind of he's like you know uh he's getting therapy from Hannibal Lecter and as he's like kind of in infesting his mind and like kind of, you know, influencing him, he sees this visual hallucination and it's like Mads Mikkelsen, but he's like completely in black and he has like deer antlers. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, all right, all right, Mads, show us your true self with this one. He says, Oh, okay. And then he, that's him. <laughs> Yeah, that's him before. <laughs> that's him before going into makeup. Yeah. <laughs> what makeup? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, if you want, like, also a lot of those games are free, you know. So if you want to check it out, it's it's a really neat series. Um, all, all the all the ones that are called Cube Escape, I'm pretty sure are free. I think there's a couple that are paid for, but the ones that are Rusty Lake, uh, those ones are like a a few bucks but they're like a bit beefier but, oh you um, played these on stream like I a did while play, ago i played like the two most recent ones when i when i yeah. did that yeah. samsara oh, okay. room and the white door yeah they're starting to change the name so they don't all follow the same naming convention so it's a little harder to follow the gotcha. series because before i could just go on steam and just type in cube escape or type in yeah. rusty lake and i'd be like okay there's all of them but now yeah now i gotta like follow along on the wiki or something comparing it to point and click i think is is apt because i i feel like with the art style you could very easily like make a point and click game out of this almost like an early like one of those edutainment type games from like the late 90s like because i remember <laughs> yeah. playing a lot of those as a kid work teaches typing you know yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> something else i noticed this time that i never caught before uh that uh, when they are hiding in the cemetery in episode nine, they're hiding from Sarah and the others. Yeah. Uh, you can see the gravestone that um, that uh, which I thought this was neat is uh, be going to like New England. That's like how the gravestones there look. Those like really elaborate like skull like yeah. wing patterns uh. on top and stuff. Um, but uh, the grave that Greg is behind is quincy endicott's grave yeah oh yeah you can just oh. you can just make you see Quin quincy and then like the top of endicott oh is, that's is like in frame Ooh. yeah 
Yeah. Which, hey, which lends more to that that theory that, you know, the unknown is like a sort of limbo or purgatory sort yeah. of thing, you know, if, if they're meeting dead people and stuff there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or, or it's like that um, that thing, like when you're when you're dreaming, when you just, you know, really you all you have to see something is one time and like your subconscious is aware of it. So like as they're kind of floating in that ethereal space you know your brain's like oh yeah quincy endicott and then you put a, a face to a name and then yeah you yeah. hallucinate it yeah i think that's that's kind of what i like yeah i was like oh okay so so you could you could say that like we caught a glimpse of that name or something and that's how right. he, you know that mm-hmm. yeah that kind of thing i don't know yeah. i feel like there's like a lot to talk about but also like not like i kind of feel like we covered yeah a chunk of it because it's all just like more of the same it's just just really it's a it's it's kind of it's funny because it's not quite what i would um what i would think of as this but uh are you guys familiar with um the like norwegian term of huga it's uh it's a, a word that describes a mood of coziness and comfortable conviviality oh. and it's just that's that's what this show is i think it's it's yeah. one of those it's one of those kind of shows even though it's a bit it's a bit darker than i think what most people would yeah kind of describe as as huga yeah but there i, I would say there's a it's more huga than not yeah, yeah. Like it, oh yeah yeah no I'm, I'm saying like i think it still is it's just it's just a little bit grim yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because it's but like it's, e- oh, just it's just like it's overall very comfortable, overall whimsical, overall delightful, but just like yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit of a, yeah, a yeah. little yeah. bit of like daughter's souls trapped in lanterns and stuff like that. <laughs> <A little> bit, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> even even like the the pumpkin episode with with them is like you come into our town, you smush on our crops, and yeah. then it's like you got to work a, a couple of hours of hard labor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well that that's like one of my favorite one of my favorite or, kind or, of cutaway gags is like when they're like kinda of, they first get there and they're getting their bearings and they're like, Oh no, these are these are these are people in pumpkin costumes, right? And then it cuts to that one guy who's like carving a pumpkin and he's just like <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say the that part that you said with with the, the chief pumpkin is like that's that's the whimsical part. The grim part is immediately after that when he's like are you sure you don't want to stay in, hang around for a little while? And he's like, "No, we got to be on our way." And he's like, "Okay, you'll come back here eventually." Yeah, yeah. Oh, they all do. Yeah, just like a reminder. It's like, hey, don't worry, you are gonna die someday. Yeah, maybe yeah. soon. Um, yeah, they're they're definitely. Um, I noticed something else last night, and I definitely would want to like look further into it. The first seven episodes. Um, are like kind of the more episodical ones um and then like eight nine and ten i I guess eight is kind of its own thing too but then like nine and ten are like back to the main narrative um Mm -hmm. the first seven episodes um i was i was thinking about like drawing like a parallel between like those and like the seven circles of hell Oh, right. I like okay. that theory. Like, like yeah. the first seven episodes of it, it's just like, oh, cool. So we're we're doing the Inferno, and then in episode eight, when Wirt kind of gives up, 
and <laughs> and Greg <laughs> like goes on to like you know up confront to, the well yeah Greg like goes up to heaven and he's hanging out with angels and it's oh, like oh okay you're talking about that part oh yeah. yeah. Um, and it's just kind of like, okay, so, like, they are out of hell now. And then 9 and 10 are, like, them overcoming and them surviving again. Yeah. Maybe, because as, as the narrator is going out, he's like, yeah, yeah, and, like, they all live happily ever after, whatever, who cares, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, I don't know if that ending was real. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just, I was just saying, so does, if that's the case, then that means that Greg is, uh, Virgil. Who's who? He's who leads Dante. Yeah, but he's like a Roman poet. Like, <laughs> I just like the theory that that that's Greg. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I I was gonna mention the the that dream heaven episode as an example of the sort of like grim grim huga, uh, yeah. where it's like even in that episode where it's like clouds and animals and everything, there's still like there's still like a lit like a thin like layer of like uncanny valley with their faces or something like that or just like kind of yeah. like off putting like oh, something's wrong here yeah kind of kind of thing something is extremely um, wrong because it's like when it when it shows <laughs> like the different committees singing to greg as he's as he's as he's rolling into town they're in like a periscope they're in like a yeah lens, yeah you know and the and then he and then he's like are there any more and then there's that dog with the cloud and, he, and then he just and then it cuts back to greg and he's like well that's enough yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then like the north wind was like pretty unsettling and creepy kind of creepy yeah because yeah. it's like because like what's happening in real life is like they're freezing to death <laughs> like yeah that's, that's another fucking Wizard of Oz thing, because that's very Munchkin Land too, right? All oh, the yeah. committees are like the, yeah. the lollipop guild type shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say that one, like, there's like funny elements that, uh, and it's not even like like bad, but there are a couple of those later ones that don't quite like the first few episodes. I'm like, these are like this is like you know first episode i'm like that's perfect that's a perfect st- first episode second episode i'm like perfect there's there's you know and then like the last the last one for sure i think i absolutely love the fi- the finale i love the how they confront and overcome the the beast is awesome yeah. you know like the, the really woodsman good, like, like realizing moments. yeah yeah like yeah. like when Wurt's like it's almost like your soul's in here and you see like that <sighs> like the, everything goes dark it's it, and then yeah. and then yeah. he like retreats in fear it's so like it's so satisfying that, yeah. that finale but leading up to that like i want to say like seven a episode seven eight just not quite like i still enjoy them they still they're still huga as hell <laughs> they they don't lose the aesthetics or anything. I don't know. Seven is the one with with Andy Whispers. So like, there's still like really good things, but there's just maybe it's six or something. There's just a couple in there that aren't quite on the level, but I still really like them. I want to say yeah, yeah, like the schoolhouse episode. It was fine. It was it was charming. It was nice. Kind of, yeah, yeah, like you know potatoes. And yeah, lettuces. I mean well, yeah, yeah, and uh, there it's like in the end scene when. I think it's when Wirt is talking to, which actually kind of feeds into the theory of Greg being uh, Herschel. Or Vir- Virgil. Virgil. Virgil, good lord. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <Virgil. laughs> 
uh, from the, the walking dead yeah uh, no, <laughs> the uh, the theory of greg being virgil um because mm-hmm. like while Wirt is like confronting the beast uh there's like that ethereal music in the background it is greg's voice actor i believe doing a latin version and slowed down version of potatoes on molasses that's not a joke really yeah holy shit <laughs> yeah that's, that's awesome like, like if you go back and watch it again you're like Holy shit! What <laughs> you said that that's when that's when he's confronting the beast. I think so. That's I th- awesome. I think it's during that scene. But uh, outside of that, it's like, oh yeah, the schoolhouse episode. It's I think it's overall my least favorite episode, but it has my favorite like ongoing joke, where it's like, oh, the schoolhouse is so troubled, and like you know, my father is coming to like shut it down soon, and also there's this wild gorilla on the loose, and I'm like, I don't know why, but that just levels me every time. And like, every time they're like piling up their troubles, on the end they're like, oh, and also there's this wild gorilla, and it's like, I don't know. It, it's just, it's unexpected, but but still like, yeah, that could happen in this in this world. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah and then they I, kick I the gorilla's agree. head off. Yeah, like it's it's a guy <laughs> underneath, but still, yeah. it's like mm-hmm. but, kind of like this abrupt act of violence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I I do love the the like Tom Sawyer ass dressed like raccoon and possum uh, too. Yeah, <laughs> I love those guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean the the dude actually being a dude in a gorilla costume is like another theme of the show. I thought where it's like again everything is just something else under a mask. Like, yeah. I don't know, the the beast fooling the woodsman, being like, hey, your daughter's in here, and it's like, no, she's not, it's just you, actually. You're you're lying, you're you're masked. Yeah. Um, you know, the yeah. dude in the gorilla costume, the unknown not being, like, a thing that's actually happening. The, yeah. the two people thinking the other is a ghost. With yeah. Oh, yeah. Endicott and the, yeah, the lady yeah. or whatever. I mean, it's more childish, but you know the 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 frog boat episode. They like they hide under the cloak, and then the yeah. frog. They they think he's just a really tall <laughs> really frog, tall and frog. they're just like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god. Head into wrap ups. Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, I could go first. Yeah. Uh. I don't know. It's probably like a nine for me. It's pretty. It's pretty good. Uh, the the songs are great. They're earworms. They'll get stuck in your head. Uh, I really appreciate the the creeping darkness in something that's otherwise very light and fanciful and funny. It's. I mean, literally, it's like Greg has no. Oh, hold on. I'm being told. Oh. Sorry, I think I have to make it a 10 now because Chloe's heard me say 9. She's like, you rated it a 9? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> so, okay, all right. Uh, please absolve me of my sins, Virgil, Greg. Uh, this is a 10. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want and you on know the record? What? You know what? She's right. It is a 10. It is a okay. 10. Yeah. <laughs> the door's <Okay>. slightly open. <laughs> uh but uh, the the way that it does its themes, uh, the way that it, the voice acting, everything about it is it's it's perfect for this time of year uh, to add into your autumnal viewing traditions. Autumnal yeah. repertoire. Yeah. Yeah. I I, w- I went with the nine, so hopefully she can't hear me. 
Okay, yeah. Um, no. <laughs> uh, very, very close. And that's why I wanted to bring up those like few random episodes not quite hitting as hard. That's why I can't like in in my in good conscience give this a ten because I know there's I know not every episode is like a ten out of ten. Um but there but like most of it is, you know, most of it is. And those ones that aren't ten out of tens, they're still like eights, you know? Yeah. They're still yeah. like which is still really good. That that's what that's what I'm saying. Like the lowest episode here is like a good eight, which is really good for me. Yeah. Um yeah. but because of that, I can't you know, I can't give it a perfect score. But still amazing amazing show again one of like the most like perfect aesthetically just like perfect perfectly done in that aspect um really funny uh really it's just it's funny when it wants to be it's scary when it wants to be and it it it, like hits you hard when it wants to be it's just there's some bits that i just fall a little flat for me so it's it's a nine i I, it's funny because like there's sometimes when i like i do like a really high score like a nine and i feel like i have to like justify why it's that low and then there's sometimes where i do like an eight and i have to justify why it's that high you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but yeah uh, i'm going with the nine yeah um I I also really struggle with it here because it's like if I could if I could do like a point five score then it would be a nine point five. You can um, do that. If you want, no, you can do that. Oh well, then yeah, it's a nine point five. I think oh, okay, literally, literally for those same reasons. Um, just yeah, like it's not all flawless, but it's pretty damn close. Um, yeah. And and just like yeah, the way it uses like the era appropriate instrumentation really feeds into the really feeds into the whole aesthetic you know the use of color um my own personal fan theories which is you know <laughs> uh there's room yeah, to play fun. right exactly. yeah no that's that's cool yeah yeah and what i what i really enjoyed about it as a whole it's like yeah it is it is a mini series and it has like just enough room to do exactly what it wants to and mm, yeah. nothing more and i think that's like it's concise and you know, there there really is like any nothing really reads as fluff. You know, so yeah, nine point five. Yeah, yeah, perfect. It 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 is, yeah. It's funny because like I would agree with you, even though there are those like you know one episode story arcs, but it's still like it just yeah. it flows so well together that it like yeah. And yeah. I and I think kind of reading it as even if they are kind of fluff episodes, they serve as again a distraction from the actual danger. Which is, yeah, in my yeah. mind, kind of the whole point of the series. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. and it, yeah, if there's something that can like lead, like a a kid show like this that can like lead to that much like theorizing about you know shit like death and stuff, it's like that's that's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> that's another yeah. like, positive. And yeah. we we mentioned at the top of the show, but I realized during the discussion we didn't even bring up Tome of the Unknown. Oh, oh yeah. right. It's again the short film that it's like based on that kind of got it greenlit um i mean like at this point i it feels weird to mention it, but uh you, if you like over the garden wall check it out it's like you could call it like episode 4.5 or 5.5 it's just yeah. like it's one that it's neat that 
I was thinking like it was just going to basically be like episode one or something like that. Like one of the first episodes just done differently. Yeah. But no, it's like it's a it's like a different episode. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's episode 11, just somewhere in the middle. They they have a different voice for Beatrice. And I'm glad that they recast it as Melanie Linsky because I think she's a much better fit. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it was a uh, Natasha Ligaro before, but I think like she has a a more like a deeper I, I don't know how not like deeper like like deeper voice but yeah melanie linsky just has a, a voice that fits a bluebird you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say she, it is literally lighter it almost sounds like a songbird yeah. yeah yeah um but yeah check it out it's all it it fits the the animation's a little more uh like a, or a little less refined i guess i would say there was yeah. some like facial things that I noticed weren't as like clean, but just little little things. Um, um I really like I really like the vegetable man. I thought yeah. I loved his voice. Yeah, and, John Crops. <laughs> yeah, John, John Crops. And then they sing a uh, Shine on Harvest Moon, which that is like an old like traditional like folksy song or whatever. Yeah, check that out too. It's on YouTube. Yeah, it's also like same episode as or same length as one of the regular episodes. So yeah, just wanted to throw that out there i should uh also bring up chloe also texted me i don't know how she is it are we live right now no no we're not (laughs) um she also texted me and said a 9.5 smh evan so i feel like i was making an argument for why it would be a 9.5 i mean i would call it a 10 too but you know just just throwing out like i don't know no, Evan, you you need to stand up to bullies. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Jesus. I thought maybe... No, no, that wouldn't make sense. I was going to say if it makes her feel any better. I thought it was going to be a number, our new number one, but it's our new number two. Is oh. it? Damn. It's it's tied with Amadeus. But I I just, by default, the newest one... If it's a tie, the newest edition, I give the the edge. I don't know why. Oh, sure. It's just okay. what I decided to do. Um, because because your opinions now are more are, are more mature, more nuanced. It, yeah. Yeah, so. we've, we've grown yeah. as people. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of growing, here's an ad. Cause it's sure. Straight up, you know, growing, not showing. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> nice. Are we back now? Yeah, I'm thinking we're back. Okay. Think we're back. Uh, now we were jumping the gun because not like we didn't really have we didn't really talk about. What I, I do talk have about? a thing for for post chat, oh, yeah. but we didn't even like discuss that. Like, <laughs> I haven't we've really been, been taking so much time. We've just been watching what we do in the shadows. That's like that's our until we're done with it, and then we're gonna probably find something else. But that's been our like dinner time show. Uh, I mean, what I will say is, like, I feel like the fourth season a little bit uh, has kind of people. People have said that like the fourth season isn't as good because I do think at one point Jemaine and Taika Waititi stepped back, mm. and I think it it is a little bit evident. I mean, I think the show is still pretty funny, but the fourth season is it's it, it it's not making me laugh as much as like the first season or the first yeah. few. Which I know, I know your general feeling of the show, but yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't know. the fir- The first three seasons, I would say, are very good. Have you watched any of that, Evan? Uh, I've seen the movie. Yeah, no. I think I caught the pilot when it came out. Okay. But... 
if yeah. you ask TJ, all you need to see is the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I, again, <laughs> one of my favorite comedies ever is the movie, but yeah, the yeah. show just show just doesn't do it. Do, do, doesn't do it Maybe. for me. I, it's it's pretty. I think it's pretty funny. There's definitely some like dudes getting their heads punched off level of violence that makes me giggle. Oh, and that is like your exact shit. It though. is. It really is. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I think what I don't like about the fourth season is spoilers. Uh, uh the the energy vampire Colin Robinson yeah. at the uh, at the end of the third season he dies. And then at the beginning of the fourth season, a like, because it's like apparently every 100 years, he like energy vampires die or something like that. Oh, and then okay. like a kid crawls out a of Dr. his chest Who. cavity and it's like, <laughs> okay. it's like he's reborn, but they do that. They do that thing where it's like, it's a little kid and then they deep fake Mark Porsche's face <laughs> on the kid. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's a, if they had done it for like a couple episodes, it would have been like a pretty good bit. And then it's like, okay, let's, let's, he, okay, he's an adult now. Bring him back as like uh, Colin Robinson. Yeah. But they're like kind of doing like his adolescence kind of shit where it's like, okay, well, now he's, it, it is kind of funny that they make him like a theater kid. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> okay. then, yeah, he's like an energy vampire. And then he's just like, okay. He's like, you know, doing his song and dance, but it's, it's Mark's face on the kid. <laughs> The but it's like it's, it's a bit that's fire. kind of dragging on a little bit for me, yeah. but uh, um, you go. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I do really like Mark Prucksh because he's he plays himself on uh, on cinema, mm-hmm. and he's he's fucking great in that. Like yeah. everybody's great in that fucking show. Um, yeah, but yeah, he's he's really funny in that. Um. And again, Evan, have you watched Better Call Saul? Any of that? Uh, uh, season one and two. He's uh, he's the guy that buys the huge yellow Hummer. He's like the baseball cards guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The the yeah. squat cobbler. Yeah. Yeah. That that's him. That's Mark. I I do recognize. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I know that. I know yeah, that. But, guy. but 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 I want to get my baseball cards back. <laughs> <laughs> God. And, and also, you should watch on cinema. I think most of it's on YouTube. Yeah, and it's like, like, like five to ten minute episodes. It's it's awesome. I saw the I saw like the new picture of Tim Heidecker for that show, and he looks like gaunt. Yeah, he's kind of like um. Well, yeah, he he has gotten like pretty skinny, the like over like the last year or so. But he it, he also does a thing kind of like uh like Eric Andre where like every season he just has like a new thing <laughs> like and there is like kind of a, a backstory to the show like there's like he um I think like one of the episodes or like one of the end of the seasons he like starts a fire in the yeah cause he's like it's like he, him and him and Greg have like such a passive aggressive like hatred for each other so Greg has like worked on like storing like all of he's he's like he wants to like make the what is he i forget what it's called it's been a minute since i've watched it um but it's like it's like southern california's largest uh, vhs collection and he has it like a storage <laughs> unit and stuff and like he always like brings it up in the show so like in between episodes tim like 
burns down his storage unit just because he fucking hates him so much. <laughs> but he, like, in, in the process, like, s- sets himself on fire and suffers, like, major, like, severe, like, third-degree burns over most of his body. So then, like, and this is in between episodes, so you just get this information, like, kind of after the fact. Yeah, yeah and of course, yeah. Tim is denying, like, everything. About, like he says like no he didn't start a fire or whatever but like the rest of the season he is like completely bandaged up like head to toe like you don't see his face and, and then like the next season he has to get like a skin graft or something so he's like all fucked up from that <laughs> there's like episodes where he's like doped up from like the surgery like procedures and stuff like that yeah yeah it's great there's like there's like the the meta of the show is like really really good um (laughs) but yeah that's what he always has like a different kind of like thing each each season uh um but i guess uh i just kind of had it on there as like a, a maybe so if we don't have anything i guess i'll bring up uh guillermo del toro's cabinet of curiosities um it's like a it's it's on netflix like his anthology show kind of twilight yeah. zoney mm-hmm. um i i really like it because like twilight zone with rod serling it starts with each episode starts with guillermo del toro like introducing the episode he's like you know uh what do we really know about our fears you know like kind of like <laughs> yeah, sort yeah. Of, but, but it's yeah. great because it's guillermo del toro so i'm like i I only understand like every other word that he's saying just because he, <laughs> he mumbles a lot. Um, <laughs> uh, but be like I just, if, I if like Slavo Zizek hosted the show, yeah, you've never heard yeah. him talk before, yeah, yeah, I know you're about, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the reason I was like kind of eh, like not sure if I want to bring it up is because like eh, most of it was like a six out of ten. Um, it's like, it's a really interesting concept. Um, I don't know. I don't like regret watching it, but it was like, I think I did, there's eight episodes. I think four of them, I gave six out of tens, two of them less than, and then two of them more. Um, I, I, the one that I would want to, uh, highlight personally, the one that I liked the most, um, I gave an eight out of 10. I thought it was fucking great is the last episode, uh, the murmuring, um, each of them are directed by mostly well-known directors. Yeah, um, I'm seeing Panos Cosmatos, who did Mandy, yeah. which is one of my favorite movies. Yeah, um, he does the one before that, the viewing, which I was going to mention to you guys as being one that you'd probably dig because Panos Cosmatos and uh, Eric Andre's in it too. Yeah. Um, oh, that's awesome. Uh, and RoboCop. And, yeah, and Peter Weller. Yeah, there's there's a few people. Yeah, that that I think that that helped too is like, I think pretty much every episode, there's at least like a person or two. I'm like, oh hey, I, I like that guy. Like, uh, the first episode has uh, uh, Tim Blake Nelson. I'm like, yeah, I like Tim Blake Nelson. F. Murray Abraham's the lead in one of the episodes. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, Rick Grimes in it. Yeah. Andrew Lincoln. Uh, yeah, no, he's he's yeah. he's in the one that I really like actually. Oh, um nice. that last one, The Murmuring is directed by Jennifer Kent who did The Babadook and uh but more importantly for me, uh The Nightingale, which is a movie that I really love. Um and it 
it kind of follows along and the she she definitely has themes in her in her movies slash shows i guess um of like parents losing children or whatever and this mm. kind of continues that um and i just think she's really good at tackling those themes it's it's the these two uh this couple this ornithologist couple who are like trying to understand why this like particular bird it's like a certain kind of sandpiper um that they do murmurations which is where they like fly in certain patterns to like ward off attackers and stuff like that mm. um you know okay. you see like clouds of birds all moving in sync like that and they're mm-hmm. they're it's like it's like i think it's like the 1950s ish or whatever and they're basically trying to like find out why they do that and then like the wife starts hearing like voices she's like listening to like the the bird noises like because they're you know trying to i don't know exactly what but bird stuff ornithologist stuff and then she starts hearing like voices like ghosts in the the recordings that she's like listening to yeah um and then like she starts seeing stuff and stuff it's just it's really it's really good it's really solid um i i really really liked that one the the acting is great rick grimes it has like a really great scene at the end um it's the bulk of it is those two actors and they both do really good uh the yeah. wife is essie davis who is the the mother from the babadook um mm-hmm. and yeah it just it it also was like the only episode where i was like wow i like i actually like really care about these characters like and damn that like made me feel something whereas all the other ones were more just like oh this is like a fun like it can't be anthology horror thing where that was the one where i was like fuck that was like that kind of hit me like emotionally yeah. um but yeah overall the show like i don't know if maybe if it's like you know halloween season again and you're looking for something it's not it's not a waste of time you, you know and i i feel like there's probably like an episode or two that everyone would probably dig if you like that kind of vibe yeah. and that's yeah. then that's the thing that's why i didn't like hate it is because i still kind of liked the general vibe i like that there's all these like different directors getting a chance to shine um uh and also work with guillermo friggin del toro yeah like, they all kind of have that vibe of his movies which i really like right yeah. I, you know um and yeah decent cast of characters and stuff uh there's just a couple that really worked a couple that didn't and a couple and most of them were pretty fine um i yeah i i feel like overall so i i guess I, overall i'd probably rate the series a, a six but you know yeah. the standouts are I, standouts, standouts are that one the other one was uh the pickman's model it's a, it was based on a um hp lovecraft short story which definitely helped because mm. i <laughs> i dig his that's that's another kind of like i wouldn't quite say huga but anything hp lovecraft that is like a that is an aesthetic that i really love new england like early 1900s horror i it's just like i'm i'm in i'm yeah. like you got me that that's yeah. cool <laughs> <laughs> um but then the episode they do immediately after that is dreams in the witch house which is a cthulhu story so it's also an hp lovecraft story but they completely just don't do any of the cthulhu stuff they just they kind of change what it's about and mm. it's a big bummer that was my least favorite episode of the season I was like, oh, you get like 
uh, like Azathoth is in that story in the short story. I'm like, that would be cool to see, but no, yeah. it's just like a ghost story. Um, so that was a little bit of a bummer. But the other, the yeah, the Pikmin's model one's good. Crispin Glover's in it. He does this like wild fucking like New England accent. <laughs> oh <laughs> um, god. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah, it's a um, show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Am I am I allowed to talk about the other podcast I'm listening to right now? Sure. On this podcast. Um, I yeah, uh, I guess. I'm sure they're I... a big competitor. There yeah, are other definitely. podcasts. It, I'm yeah, sorry. yeah. I'm sorry, I had to find out this way. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I just got done actually listening to what turned out to be the first season or the first series of the Magnus Archives, which I'm oh, sure. Oh, I've heard you guys talk about that before. Yeah, um, the conceit of it essentially is it's this uh, institute based in London, um, and like the main character yes. Jonathan Sims is like an Johnny archivist. Sins. Yeah, Johnny Sins. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the main character Johnny Sins. Um, he uh, gives and it, they like they take these written or like verbal statements of uh, people's run-ins with like the macabre and uh just like other like horrific things mm-hmm. like supernatural things mm-hmm. um and it's just like each each episode is like a tape in their tape recorder there so it's got like this kind of like tape grain sound to it in the background oh, okay. um but it's like he's recording these written statements that were left over by the previous archivist who is now dead and like it's this whole mystery um and like there's obviously a lot more going on underneath the surface but uh it's also 200 episodes so holy shit but they're they're like they like the first episode is like 15 minutes ish so they're yeah decently bite-sized and like i don't Mm -hmm. know the the vibe is really good um i don't know if, if you're interested in anything like that the magnus archives it's just finished up yeah and it's well, it didn't just finish. It finished last year, but I just finished listening. Like it's um, done, okay. done? It's like they yeah. actually... So, uh, they actually just recently came out with an announcement that they're going to be doing uh, three more seasons of like a follow-up show. Oh, okay. Um, oh, okay. It's just, it's very, very good overall. Yeah, okay. that's, uh, that's a genre of podcast that I think ostensibly I am interested in, but I have so many shows that i listen to that it would be hard <laughs> to fit that in but knowing that it's 15 minute chunks is like yeah, a good like, yeah at least give like, a few episodes a shot and see yeah it. i've yeah. i've like tried to listen to like welcome to night vale a lot but i it's i always end up trying different. to get into it when i'm like relaxing so i always like fall asleep i've, I've like oh. i've listened to the first 10 oh. minutes of that first episode a lot <laughs> like but like you know i used to listen to like the no sleep podcast which is like like a curated uh like stories from the no sleep subreddit narrated with like like audio enhancements like you know sound design and shit like that is the magnus because i mean you said there's like tape grain is it is it kind of like that yeah um and then there there like are some i won't get too deep into it in case you do end up like really diving in yeah um just in case but (laughs) Hmm. Uh, they like they definitely do like 
different kind of foley later yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I appreciate that kind of stuff. I really like. Yeah. Like, like the idea of like a 1920s like radio drama and like the guys in the studio with like the sound effects to make the horse, you know, clopping, yeah. you know, that kind yeah. of shit. I, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah me too. No, it, it, it definitely is like it turns into a radio drama. Nice. Like that there are just like in the first season there are just like little peeks into it. Um mm-hmm. there are forty episode seasons. But okay. uh but yeah, they're they're just like little peeks into it. Um and then down the road they like start doing more stuff with like tape distortion and yeah. just like they, they talk about like in in fiction it's like they don't use a digital recorder because like whatever run in with these with these like creatures or whatever like deletes digital recordings and oh, okay. the, the only thing that's the only thing that's reliable is analog that's funny yeah it's have you it's seen just, nope it's yet? really cool no no oh, i need okay. to <laughs> i really need to i i just heard it's phenomenal yeah it's it's pretty good yeah. what what you said reminded me of nope but i won't i won't say more than that yeah because uh, like i'm i'm still trying yeah. to get grace to watch get out like oh mm. yeah yeah Oh, uh, what was I gonna say? Because uh, we we've talked about it before on the podcast of uh, analog horror. Because mm-hmm. uh, I know I know you and I uh, enjoy Local Fifty Eight quite a bit. Have you ever seen yeah. that TJ? Local Fifty Eight. Mm, it's a show, or it sounds it's, a little familiar. Uh, it's, it's a YouTube, YouTube series. Yeah, it's it's hard to say series. It's it, it has yeah. it does have a theme. But uh, look up Local 58 on YouTube. Um, it's kind of like if you were watching like late night, uh, like 3 a.m. public access, and it has that it has that 3 a.m. vibe to it, and you're like watching public access, and then something goes wrong. Something, something goes okay. It is like wrong. it is like yeah, like horror <laughs> shorts or whatever. Because all the like yeah. thumbnails and shit are not very there's informative. One of, there's one of them. Uh, watch uh contingency yeah and and that one basically it's like the idea is like the u.s government accidentally airs a contingency plan if they lost a war okay yeah and it's Um, it's 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 very text-based like i mean there's like tape distortion there's like audio distortion there's lots of pitch correcting and like warbling and like shit like that okay yeah but and then there's like what's the other one the moon i think it's called like weather incident or something like that Uh, it's like weather report yeah those are a couple good ones to watch but weather service there's only like there's only nine videos does that sound right yeah they put out a few like early on and then i think because they did one on halloween like i think that kind of became their thing is like they'll upload one basically once a year around this time yeah but it's like like adult swim they won't announce it it'll just It'll There's a new video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like, uh, um, don't hug me. I'm scared. It's kind of like that too. If you yeah. Ever watch that. Yeah. That's kinda. another YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess there is more of like a narrative, like behind the scenes of local 58. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I, it's been a while since I've actually gone through and like, tried to put them all on like a timeline because there is a timeline of the videos and they're out of order of course oh okay yeah interesting yeah yeah i'll definitely check that out since it's incredibly short 
Yes. <laughs> like, like the whole thing is like. Yeah, honestly, just start with the hour. beginning. Like you are on the fastest route, the fastest mm-hmm. available route. Goddamn. <laughs> yeah. No. the The first three, I would say, are like the strongest. Yeah. Like those are the ones that like hooked me immediately. I was like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's made by uh, who was that guy? That video essay guy. You know what I'm talking about, Evan? He did that one review of Logan that was really good. It wasn't movies with Mikey. Yeah. Oh, it is Chainsaw Suit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're behind Local 58. They're associated with them. Yeah, because it was so like the the stage the one that because he works for um. Cinema? Cine- Am I full of shit? Something. Cine something. Because I, I watch movies with Mikey too. Film Joy is the one that he's on now. So he's, That's the one, yeah. Yeah. Film uh, Joy is I, behind Local 58, or. I think if you look at the credits of them at the very end. It's. I, I'm pretty sure based it is. Based on like, an idea by Mikey Newman. Is that. Mm, is that movie? Yeah, is that, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, because yeah, yeah. so yeah, uh, he uh, he's involved with this. Oh, like, cool. yeah, I mean, it's literally just his credit at the end of like each thing. But there's like no branding that would like let you know otherwise. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's. I think he might have tweeted about it or something. But that's how I found out about it was through movies with Mikey, like five years oh, okay. ago. Yeah, there there uh, there was a movies with Mikey. I don't know if you guys saw recently about um, Matrix Resurrections. Oh no! It's it's really good, but he's like one of one of the other like film joy dudes is like on the phone with him in a in a couple scenes, and he refers to him as Mister Newman. So, <laughs> oh, like yeah. Mister well, Anderson. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Patrick Willems is he also film joy, or is it someone else that you're talking uh, about? Because I know Patrick I, Willems. I used to watch Patrick Willems until like just randomly in one of his videos, I was like, man, he has like shark teeth. And I literally that <laughs> that realization I cannot watch I can't watch this stuff anymore. It was like wow. it was like a switch flipped, and I'm like I hate watching this guy. <laughs> he has a lot of teeth, and they look really sharp. It's very creepy. Oh <laughs> those are, my those god! Those are just his veneers. It's fine. But I mean, <laughs> but I mean, I'll watch. I, I would still watch that that one. Like I'll watch something with him in it. I'm just like I'm, Chris Chris okay. Staub. Chris Straub, sorry, that's another guy that I'm pretty sure. I think he's the one that's like the major editor because there's a lot of like specialty editing in like yeah. the local 58 for like that. Oh, I thought analog you were talking about Mikey, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, okay, cool, sweet. Yeah. His um, uh, his Mononoke movies with Mikey and Hell's Moving Castle are both phenomenal. Oh yeah, I I've been kind of getting bit by the video essay bug again because I went to go see The Shining uh, oh. last week, uh, yeah. and I've I found a guy on YouTube who did a really good because I know with like Kubrick movies especially there's a lot of like what's it actually about, mm-hmm. and yeah. some of them are like very fantastical like Kubrick did the moon landing and because well, yeah. he, he did like I the yeah i mean obviously yeah uh but i think the you know the big prevailing one is that like it's about the native american genocide because there's a lot of like references to that i mean there's like an overt one but there's like a video that i just watched talking about like uh what's his name carl gustav jung like jungian philosophy 
Oh, and yeah. It's oh, like, sure. Yeah. Because, like, there's, like, a book on the table in uh, when Jack goes in for, like, the interview to become the caretaker. There's a book on the on his table called The Red Book, which there's a book by Jung called The Red Book. And it's, like, okay. all about, like, psychology and, like, the sort of unconscious mind, which is, like... You basically like the Overlook Hotel is like the unconscious mind in the real world, so it's kind of like bridging that gap. Yeah. But then it turns out hotels just have a red book. That's like a thing that hotels have for like guests. And the guy was like, "Oh, so maybe it wasn't Carl Jung's book in this." But the theory still kind of okay. stands. Yeah. I, but it was like a really interesting video essay. It, it was the most grounded in reality one. Yeah. Like, I think trying to address those themes of The Shining that Kubrick was kind of putting in there. Well, I mean, I think I think also, like, the fact that hotels have that red book, I think can feed into that. You know? it, like, yeah, it, 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 it kind of works in two ways. If, yeah. like, if you know, you know, but also it's like, no, hotels just have this. Wink, yeah. wink. Yeah. yeah. Right. But it's like, I, I take, if... take, take cinema video essays with a grain of salt, but some of them are yeah. actually... No, they're good. gospel. They're gospel, <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, that makes me want to, like, whenever I think of that shit, because cause my, my personal, like, theory, just in general, just because I think it's funny, is that, like, it's, I mean, most of that shit is just, like, unintentional. Like, it's just people looking and, you know, people looking yeah. way too much into stuff. So, like, it makes me want, like, I want to, like, make it big just so people will, like, try to dredge up like you know Jungian references from like Detective Francois <laughs> I was like I want to see I want to see what just like conspiracy theorists like that can like dredge up from something like Francois or the, that was literally the idea behind all of our Lynch movies was right let's yeah. make something that's yeah. so pretentiously art school but it's it's us being dickheads yeah, yeah. and to like trick people into thinking that there's like deeper subtext yeah but it is snowing in a couple of them yeah so you know snows at the end of uh over the garden wall yeah 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 yeah. it's all it's all connected it's all yeah Yeah. it's like poetry it rhymes well yeah like there was that (laughs) there was that one like judge (laughs) there was that one like judge or whatever uh when we did camp lynch and like when she she like came up to me she's like oh my god the like your the vision the visuals of like decay and blah 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 and like i was like oh shit dude i mean like we did do that on purpose but like not like seriously yeah you can ascribe whatever you want to it and i think that's what's i think that's the beauty of it like yeah yeah, you know all of our lynch movies are basically us like taking the piss but i do Mm -hmm. think of all of them camp lynch is the one that you can kind of like ascribe the most meaning to if you want mm-hmm. and it like kind of works yeah 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 like i do have like a a generic or not generic a a general uh like plot like for each of yeah. them in my head like definitely camp or no camp lynch i think we did kind of plan we're like okay yeah this is kind of what's happening but Lynch Park was just random shit. But I have since, yeah. like, went back to Lynch Park and been like, okay, no, I can kind of structure a, a thing out yeah. of this. But, yeah. like, the thought of, like, looking any deeper than that, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is what it means. That's it. 
you know, yeah. there, there's nothing, there's nothing super deep or like crazy about that. And so that's kind of how I think of like a lot of movies and like people like looking at shit. I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, it tells a story and that's it. Yeah. It's what you get any, out of the story that matters. <laughs> any symbolism is just like a happy accident. It's like, oh yeah, I guess so. Sure. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Everything yeah. that you think is canon. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, that's a dangerous that's a very dangerous path to go down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, everything you think is canon is canon, but check with us first because it might not be. <laughs> it might not be. Before you write a manifesto, please talk to us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All okay. right. Me. Do we want to? Um. I'll do. I'll. I'll I guess I can. I can say Let's if this is Let's... gonna happen. Yes, this is this is how it could have happened. Okay, let's do. Okay, let's cut, and then we can do. We'll do. We'll do the take with the guest. Okay, and I'll have you announce it, and okay. then we'll cut. Take two. Take two, and then I'll run into the the outro stuff after that. Okay, so. Okay. Okay. Take one. I don't know. Yeah. So next week we. Uh, is our dud week and we are bringing on another guest for it who is that person nick (laughs) uh so i found this guy on matchmaker.fm which is branded as like a a tinder for podcasters and this is like the first dude that reached out to me that was real i've gotten since like two or three other requests and they were all scams to try to boost your following and boost your listeners and it, the, it's i hate the world of like online marketing scams like that but this guy is real i verified him uh his name is jeremiah ukponrefe u-k-p-o-n-r-e-f-e no idea how to pronounce that i'm sure he'll teach us uh yeah. when he comes on but uh he's a comedian and author uh and he said that he'd be down to be on and he wants to bring in the last airbender directed by m night Shyamalan as his dud which i have only seen with comedic commentary on i haven't actually watched this thing but uh it's notorious so and our first m night movie yeah so jeremiah will join us next week to talk about the last airbender dope So if you don't want to be spoiled for the last airbender, oh, I thought I my guess take I, was done. I know. I guess I should do that part too. Um, <laughs> if you don't want to be spoiled for the last airbender, um, it is on HBO Max, uh, oh. and it's for rent on YouTube, Google Play, Amazon, da da da. But don't stuff. spend money if you can. Yeah, Maybe. yeah. <laughs> okay, cut. <clears throat> yes. Okay. So next week is a dud week so I'm gonna pull from the cup the dud cup yeah cause that's what you do when it's a dud week and you don't have any guests coming on you know if it's just I'm gonna be so one. mad if it's if it's gonna be a dud that I wanna watch more than like the the one with the guest <laughs> okay I'm going with this one cause it's it, two of them fell out but this is one I opened first I was just checking to see if it would've been really funny if it was the last airbender if it was the last airbender i don't know this is a good question is this one that you would want to watch more or less than the last airbender okay this this is a 
It's def- it's it's a it's a head scratcher because um from 2008 directed by Jason Friedberg you're gonna watch disaster movie. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's okay. Uh, I I didn't want to just fill the cup with those those Freeberg and Seltzer like you know date movie epic movie, yeah. but I I wanted at least one and I picked disaster movie because it is the number one lowest rated movie on IMDb and I was like you know that's gotta stand for something right so so it, it, it is the only one of that ilk that we are doing because I feel like you can watch one of those and you've seen them all sort of yeah. thing so you know <laughs> yeah I, which one do i want to watch more i don't know <laughs> yeah which one do i want to watch less <laughs> uh, um so oh yeah and i can't just search disaster movie on google because because it's a genre because damn. it's a genre damn they got me <laughs> whoa um, whew. well if you want to watch Disaster Movie and don't want to pay for it, you better have Peacock, because other than that, you got to rent it. Oh, on... not even on Tubi? No, not, not, not that mm. I'm seeing. Damn. Uh, yeah, or you can rent it on YouTube, Google Play, Apple TV, Amazon. Again, all the normal stuff. Or uh, Peacock. Um, Jesus Christ. It is a... E- 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 option A or option B next week is looking pretty dark <laughs> <laughs> we got we got the comfy grim out of the way now it's just do, grim, yeah. grim. Yeah. do i do exactly. i want to get like pressed to death by rocks or drown like that's those are like <laughs> my two options yeah um okay <clears throat> so yeah there's that if you don't want to be spoiled for it uh these episodes come out every wednesday at 7 p.m est uh, on Twitch and YouTube in video form, as well as uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more in podcast form. Oh, he got his uh, Enoch voice out. Oh, I, man. oh, I was thinking I sound more like uh, Will Arnett when he's reading the the oh, restaurant, the, the menu okay, off to now. Lucille too. <laughs> We're watching disaster movie. With club sauce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> we also have socials. I really can't get this bug out of my throat. Uh, we also have socials on uh, on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh, and uh, once once again, since since you're since you're a new noob, thanks thanks for coming on, Evan. Next yeah. time you won't get yeah. as much a, a thanks because then you'll just be a regular. So well, just sure. <laughs> Friend of the show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks for having me. It was yeah. great to rewatch it. Great to actually like think about media sometimes. Yeah. yeah, and I, I like the there's like some of the shit that you brought in the like I what like the you know the slow the like this you know the singing uh potatoes and molasses and oh the yeah. bell and stuff like those like cool little deets that i didn't know about um it's all about the details so man there's there's a lot of options with this one we could do yeah um uh i am your uh not beast 
that uh, stole some turts and ate one, and then now I have beautiful eyes. I don't know. <laughs> uh, TJ, aka J Spot Jack Cheese, and with me as always. As always, I am your highwayman. Right. Nick, aka Doctor Funk on Twitch. And and with, and us with as me always. as always. Oh, uh, I am Greg, aka Virgil, aka Herschel, aka, <laughs> <laughs> AKA Evan, aka again, I guess Vantox nine thousand one on everywhere. Do you know how long it took me to realize that your name meant it was one because it was over nine thousand? I never put that together. <laughs> oh. It, uh, yeah, I made that when I was like fifteen. So. Yep. I, <laughs> Here we I are. didn't know. I didn't know that until yeah. just now. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye, buddy.